Welcome to the Dreams Portal, the podcast about dreams, dream interpretation, symbols, and lucid dreaming. This podcast is a production of Everyday Crystal Magic. I'm your host, Ileana. Let's talk about the meaning of your dreams. If you're listening to this podcast, you will stay with us because there is a code in your DNA that has been activated for you to start living your true purpose. With me today is Jamie Darrow of Soul Aligning, a friend and a teacher. And for all listening to us, she is the Psychic Channel and Ascension Alchemy Guide who will help you remember your soul's true purpose and shift into higher dimensions of consciousness. You can find Jamie at her website, soulalining.com, and follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Jamie, welcome and thank you so much for giving us this time today. Thank you, Eliana. It's great to be here with you. So for our audience, I want to say that uh, soul aligning is something that is life changing and it's for those who definitely are going to change their life and live their true purpose, like I mentioned in the intro. But uh, my experience with Jamie from my soul aligning was the fact that number one, talents come from the soul and you can have one or several. In my case, there was one that it was pretty obvious because it was how I made my living. There was another that was still discussing the keeper of neutrality. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one that uh, a few years ago was called a dream master. And that's why is Jamie here today to talk about what was known as Dream Master and that has evolved the years. So let's start with that, Jamie. Yeah. So back when I did your soul aligning, I think that was back in 2016, maybe. Yes. Right. So uh, things have evolved so much with my work since then, as we've kind of talked about and you're well aware. And um, so I've changed terminology of things as I've done more and more, you know, hundreds of readings um, and soul aligning sessions and all that, I've really gained uh, new awareness and understanding of a lot of these soul level gifts and abilities. And so I really am broadening my terminology for them and I'm kind of regrouping certain sets of skills that are on a soul level um, under new names and, and things like that. So a lot's kind of changed since we first did that initial session back in 2016, um, which is wonderful and exciting and all that. But um, I still have a grouping of skills that really uh, concerns this idea of those souls that really can travel through these fourth dimensional astral planes. Um, and typically they do that during their sleep state. Um, and so what was called dream master, I'm calling more like astral travelers, uh, basically, because really they do a lot more than just, um, work within their dreams typically. So, um, I'll just kind of give you an overview of what skill set that is and what it can really mean for people sort of in their everyday life. If they have that skill set, does that sound good? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're all excited. <laughs> All right. So um, in my experience and throughout my readings, and also this is one of my soul skill sets as well, um, someone who has this set of skills as a soul 
will really be active on the astral planes when they're sleeping. So let's talk about the dream space first. Um, so a lot of people can have dreams and remember their dreams and, and have very vivid uh, dreams, even though they might not have this particular skill set. But for those that do, I, it's rare that I meet a person who has this um, that doesn't recall their dreams or that doesn't say, you know, from the time I was little, I would always have these crazy dreams or uh, these dreams I couldn't explain and I just couldn't interpret or make sense of. Um, or a lot of times they'll have a lot of nightmares growing up uh, from the time they're little. That's really common, but I have met some who have this uh, skill set that um, have a hard time remembering their dreams. And they'll say, well, I don't dream, but I wake up really tired every morning. <laughs> and really they just need to work with a subconscious mind to kind of lift that barrier that's preventing them from recalling their dreams because they are having them. Uh, but part of the reason why I think that happens to them is because of the fact that when we're kids and we have the skill set, we really do often have scary dreams. And so there is this sort of subconscious shutdown that can happen um, that really limits our ability to remember until we're ready, you know, probably a little later in life to open up and be able to recall our dreams. But uh, with the soul skill set, these people really can um, do all sorts of cool things. And I think I want to start with this concept of um, lucid dreaming, because I think this is one of the, the best things that someone can do when they have this skill set. And everybody has the ability to do this, but it comes more naturally to those. Um, and so the idea of becoming lucid in a dream is when you are sound asleep, you're having a dream, and at some point within the dream, you realize you are dreaming. So most of us, most nights, we really get immersed in the dream, and it just feels like we're living that experience. It feels like reality to us. And sometimes you wake up from a disturbing dream, and you're not right for the next couple hours. You're so disturbed by the dream you just had because it felt so real. Um, and so that's, you know, that's what happens. We get so immersed, but when you have a lucid dream, at some point you realize, oh, this is a dream. This isn't really happening. It's not reality. And the cool thing about that is you could start to alter things within the dream while you're in it. So um, I'll give you an example of a lucid dream I had once. Uh, I just thought it was a perfect example of this. So um, I was in a house that was not familiar to me. It was very dark in there and I was sort of floating through the house. So I definitely felt like I was in my astral body and I was very aware that I wasn't in a physical body. And you know, in a lot of dreams, you, you don't notice that. You just kind of feel like you're there having the experience. In this dream, I was floating from room to room and I um, would float into one room and see something really terrifying. Like I remember one of the first rooms I went into, it was the girl from the exorcist and her head was spinning <laughs> <laughs> and pea soup, you know, and, oh, that's disgusting. But anyway, it was, it was meant to be scary, something that I would find frightening. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I realized, okay, this is a dream. And I just all of a sudden thought I'm going to shift this. And I changed her into something not threatening at all. Like, I think it was like a puppy or something <laughs> and it instantly changed. 
Um, then I went into the next room and again, it was some threatening scene, you know, someone that was going to hurt me in that room. And again, I used my mind to create a different scene and it, and then it started to become fun. Cause I, I was so aware that I could do this in my dream. Uh, so that's just an example of what a lucid dream is. And one thing that's really cool about this for those that have this dream master or ast astral traveler skill set is that they can parlay that practice they get in their dream state into their real life. And I always like to say, um, and this might sound foreign to some people and other people might yeah. say, yeah, I've always thought about it that way, that really our waking life is like a dream. And it's filled with symbolism, just like our dreams are, you know, True. so you're going about your life and a cardinal comes and sits right in front of you, you know, at the table that you're sitting outside and that's symbolism for something. There's a message there. Um, things that happen in your life, they're all messages. And so because I believe we create our reality, it's very similar to lucid dreaming. So if I am confronted with something that I find uncomfortable in real life, I can work on shifting it into something that I feel better about. I can change what I'm uh, perceiving in a way that then will bring about a different experience for me. And so it really is very similar to lucid dreaming. So this waking life is a dream and we can become awake within the dream. And we can start to say, oh, I have control over things in my life. I can change and shift things just like I can in a lucid dream. So that's something that I think all people with a skill set have the ability to do uh, that would be a little more natural for them. So I think they tend to be better at manifesting things in their everyday life uh, mm. because of this. So that's one thing. Um, another thing that's interesting to the skill set is we can really visit other people in their dreams. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. You know, I hear all the time. Everybody's telling me you were in my dream last night and you said this, or you yes. did this in my dream. <laughs> and uh, do you ever hear that from people that oh, you were in their dreams? Um, I, I have visitors in my dreams and I've been in dreams of people that I don't know in the awakened hours in the waking hours i had dreams in which i am seeing i see the whole movie i know how it's going to end i see details about who these people are and i always wake up thinking how is this any of my business <laughs> so yeah. is that, that one of the things that a dream masters come to you with aside from when it's people that you know, what were you doing in my dream or what was I doing in your dream? Is What is it with all these people and faces and places that I don't know about? And it's like yeah. I'm directing this movie. From yeah, I, and I've had that experience too, where I will be just watching people do things in my dream, different things, just random mundane things. And I don't know them. I had not met them in this lifetime. I don't recognize them. And I'm just sort of being an observer. Or if I do have interaction with them, it's sort of minimal. But um, what I see for those people that have this um, soul skill, but also are here as teachers, um, or they're here to help work with those um, 
different people on the astral plane, they will do it during dream time by visiting other people's dreams. So for example, I work as a spiritual teacher. And so I have people lots of times, even people I haven't met yet that end up being a client of mine will say, um, I was visited by you in a dream and you said X, Y, Z, and that led me to this. And now here we are, <laughs> you know, yes. or I'm, but it's always like, I'm, I'm sort of um, working with certain people that I feel my soul is intended to work with. And if, um, if it's easier for me to work with them through their subconscious in a dream, then that's what will happen. So a lot of times this is why dream masters or astral travelers will, uh, sort of wake up and feel tired, you know, even after a full night's sleep, because you really are sort of on the clock yeah. <laughs> when that happens. You start a second uh, shift. Yes, yeah. your second shift. That's why every night I said tonight, I'm not, I'm not working. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's really important. There, there's a lot of other people that are here right now incarnated that are light workers that are really um, here in part to help raise the vibration within the fourth dimensional space. Um, and so maybe I should explain a little bit about what that is for people Absolutely. that don't know. So uh, with our, you know, physicality, our body and our, our life and everything physical around us, that's really in a third dimension. Um, and then our energy body, or our astral body begins in the fourth dimension. So it's basically just a, a faster vibration of energy that is uh, fast enough that it doesn't, it's not perceived as physical. Um, so it's the first non-physical realm. Uh, and so we have our energy body, we have a, an emotional body, and we have a mental body. Um, and so if someone says they can see your aura, that's what they're seeing, is your mental and emotional body. And when we go to sleep, what happens is our consciousness uh, and our astral body starts to travel. Um, and it can go different places. But a lot of times for most people, their astral body, um, what, you know, it's kind of like your consciousness goes to sleep, right? Your conscious mind shuts off and then your subconscious mind takes over. And so your subconscious mind sort of leads you through these different astral planes within that fourth dimensional space. Uh, that's where most people tend to stay during their sleep when they're dreaming, you know, they're within that fourth dimensional space. And there's different sort of layers or astrals within that space. And it's all based on frequency. Um, and so if we look at different um, emotions that we have, um, and remember our emotional energy body is really gonna be at play here during our sleep state as we are going into that fourth dimensional space. And so let's say um, you're someone who is dominantly fearful. You have a lot of anxiety and fear or worry um, or depression, things like that. Likely when you go to sleep, you're going to go into that fourth dimensional space, but you're going to really resonate with one of those astral layers that has the same dominant vibration. So within that fourth dimensional space, there's all of this uh, energy and spirit energy and emotional energy and mental energy within that space. So 
because we're always transmitting energy and emotions, when we have a strong emotion, it goes somewhere and it doesn't just disappear. It goes into this fourth dimensional place and it really groups together with other energy like that. Um, so for example, there's, you know, say you go, um, over a bridge or something, and all of a sudden you start to have a panic attack. You're probably tapping into all the other fear from all the other people as they were traveling over the bridge. If they have a phobia about that or whatever, it's all still there in this fourth dimensional space. And it just kind of like matches like, and so, um, you know, if you go to sleep and you have that dominant vibration of fear, you're going to go into an astral plane. You're going to interact with other energies that also have that fear-based um, vibration. And then you'll most likely have a scary dream. Okay. Because that's how you're interpreting that energy that you're interacting with within that fourth dimensional space. So that's what nightmares are made of. Mm -hmm. That's what nightmares are made of. Yeah. Um, so it's, if you really are having nightmares, um, you really want to take a look at, oh gosh, you know, maybe there's some things I can shift throughout my day just with my thinking. Um, are there things I could focus on that would feel, bring a little more happiness to me versus fear and anxiety? Can I calm that throughout the day? Um, or even if right before you go to sleep, you could just take some time to kind of meditate a little bit and really focus on the things you appreciate. Like, I love the idea of writing down things you appreciate, uh, prior to going to bed, you know, that'll get you into a different vibration and, and that should help with some nightmares, but also, um, there are people here that are their sole work really. And a lot of them are mediums is to clear up that fourth dimensional space. So sort of transmute some of that lower vibrational energy into a wow. higher vibration. Really? They have their job cut out for them. Yeah, <laughs> because there's also a lot of spirit energy there and it's a lot of stuck yes. spirit energy. So um, when we talk about earthbound spirits or, or ghosts or anything like that, they really are energies or consciousness that has stayed within this fourth dimensional space or plane of existence rather than transitioning into higher dimensions as they should. So they get kind of stuck there, but they don't belong there. That's not where it's, it's fragmented soul energy that's stuck in that plane. And so uh, those that come here, you know, with sort of a mission, whether they know it or not, to clear up that plane, a lot of times they'll have this soul skill set. And um, so I myself have had many dreams where I am, um, and I am in good control of my dominant vibration and mm -hmm. my emotions all the time. So I know it's not just, oh, I was in a bad state and then I, I had this dream, but where I would go and actually be um, dealing with spirit energy, earthbound spirits and things like that in my dream and actually helping them to transition. Um, and things like that. So I've had a lot of dreams like that. Now I was having those as a kid, uh, but back then I didn't know what was going on. And so of course it was terrifying, uh, but now I know. And so I just kind of do what I need to do. Sometimes it, it the dream kind of takes on a, a little bit of a scary, um, energy to me, but for the most part, I am just so used to it now that I just know this is what I'm doing in the dream and it's fine. And, and then it, well, I won't have the same dream again. It's, it's just a one and done kind of a thing. Um, 
So that that's a whole different sort of level of how to use the skill set. Not everybody is here for that reason, but they could also have the skill set for other reasons. Um, so there's so many things that um, a dream master or astral traveler can really play around with and practice uh, during their dream state, like um, connecting with even their loved ones that have passed on. That's something that's pretty common um, with these people. And I'm not talking about the stuck energy in this fourth dimensional plane. Yeah. I'm talking about like your grandma who passed away and fully transitioned, um, you know, they will visit you a lot of times in the sleep state because they will visit you in the waking state as well or in meditation, but most people don't give themselves the space yes. for that. So if you're someone who is busy all day long and you never take time to meditate or you, you just can't get to a place where you've quieted your mind, it's really hard for um, our loved ones in spirit or spirit guides to sort of yes. get through because we we have so much static going on in our minds and resistance, right? So they'll come in the typically in the sleep state. So you'll I'm sure everybody's heard a story of someone saying, um, "The night my mother died, you know, in another state, I saw her at the edge of my bed, yes. or I I had a dream about her, or something like that." And, um, you know, that's really common, but, but that's what a visitation is like. You'll have a loved one show up in your dream and maybe they'll give you a message or maybe they'll just be present. Um, a lot of times they will not necessarily show up as the age they were when they departed from this world. Um, so a lot of times when my grandmother would show up in my dream, she would be like in her twenties or thirties. I never mm. didn't know her when she was in her twenties or thirties, mm -hmm. but she would come back very young. Uh, so, you know, they could choose how they're going to show up in your dream. And, um, so anyway, dream masters tend to have a lot more of those type of scenarios happening to them. And I think you said you've had an experience with that, right? Yes, I have. I my late sister is the only dead relative that visits consistently, and as recent as a month ago, I will say it was uh, mid March. Um, I saw her again in in the house that I'm living in, but that dream had other elements. It was uh, it was yes, still the last part of winter, but the backyard was in full bloom. Hmm. And I could look around and see, but this is way too early. We're still in winter time and everything is in full bloom. The hydrangeas, the roses, there was, there was even ground cover that I don't have in this house. So my sister was here and the house was somewhat different. It, it had a combination. And I explained this in, in other episodes from in the kitchen, which is, it was a series of kitchen dreams for like a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. It looked like the kitchen was being remodeled, but the bottom cabinets were new, like the current trends and the upper cabinets, the wall cabinets were dated and old. And I was looking at my surroundings and I was like, what the hell I was thinking? Why didn't <laughs> I do the whole thing? Because that's how I do things in my waking hours mm -hmm. is to finish everything. It was, it was being remodeled apparently from the bottom up 
and there were other people there that were my neighbors, but not the neighbors that I have uh, right now. But yeah, consistent was uh, my dead sister that visits, I don't know, every so many years. So I'm going to guess this was the year's visit, but she never speaks in the dreams. So I don't know how many people have the experience of visitations that are physically mute because there's some exchange of energy. There has to be. Right. Yeah. You're getting nothing. the messages actually um, when she shows up in your dreams, all the symbolism of the kitchen and all this around there is really um, energy that she's bringing in. So she's, she's communicating in that way, really. Uh, that's, that's not uncommon to have visitations where the visitor does not speak in a dream. Um, and I, but you'll know when it's a visitation, you know, if any of your loved ones that are departed show up in your dream, I, you know, I'm almost hundred percent sure it's a visitation. <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. Um, it's their connecting in with you energetically. Um, so, you know, whether they have a message that they're verbalizing in the dream or not, they're there and they're contributing to the energy and the message is going into the subconscious. So always remember that even if you don't understand a dream um, or you don't get a specific message from a loved one that's visiting you in a dream, everything is being processed in the subconscious mind. So it's all banked there. Um, and then usually what'll happen is your, your soul, your higher self along using the subconscious mind will sort of find a way to play it out in your real life. So it's not necessarily going to look like what happened in your dream, but um, the message will come back up again. So you'll get it in some way or another, um, just in your everyday life. And you may not even connect it to the dream that you had, but, but it's all there. There's never a lost message from a dream, even if we don't remember or interpret them. It's always embedded within the subconscious mind. It's our subconscious mind that's bringing the dream to us. It's, it's translating what we're doing on the astral planes into symbolism. I really wish, um, and we can practice and, and get a little better at this, that it would be a little more straightforward. You know? <laughs> like why, why does everything have to be translated into, you know, different symbols and what seems like very discombobulated, crazy dreams that make no sense, you know, wouldn't it just be easier if, if we would have a dream where we just sat down and, you know, our subconscious was talking to us in full sentences and well, <laughs> telling us what we're to be aware of. We're judging then the dream by our 3D perspective because our 3D perspective is so limited. The first, the first paradigm that we uh, have that will prevent us from getting the messages from the visitations is, but the dead are dead. Mm -hmm. So that's why, that's why we cannot judge the dreams. Well, from the 3d aspect, I, I enjoy the symbols because I'm wired to study and to learn stuff and I find yeah. fascinating. So yeah, a lot of people symbols. like the clues. It's like little clues yeah, or yeah. breadcrumbs. Yeah. But I also have had dreams that were very straightforward and I did get a very mm -hmm. clear message. And um, those are, those are the ones that are so powerful that I sort of remember them, you know, for yes. a long time. And one, uh, one visitation that I had was um, back in, uh, I think it was like 2000, 
I had a friend who uh, died. She was quite a bit older than me. Actually, she had a daughter that was around my age Mm. and um, she died unexpectedly. And so I found out about it. And that night I had a dream and she came into my dream so I could see her in my dream, but she didn't say anything to me. The next day I called her daughter to talk about memorial plans and things Mm -hmm. like that. And her daughter said, "Um, I just wanted to tell you that I had this dream the other night and my mom's other friend had the same dream the same night. And my mom showed up in the dream, but she didn't talk. So Mm -hmm. we all three had the same dream uh, where she just appeared to us, but she didn't communicate. Um, That's that's common. It's, it's even more common right after someone makes their transition. So um, if you think about it, you know, you're moving between the physical realm and the non-physical realm when yeah. you make your transition, you know, through the death experience. And it's just a, it's just a transition that you're making, but now all of a sudden, okay, you don't have vocal folds anymore to communicate, you know? Yes. So now you have to sort of get back to remembering how to communicate while you're in non-physical form. And so a lot of times right after someone dies, they don't necessarily right off the bat uh, start visiting you in dreams and, and being able to communicate with you that clearly. So so it's for some, it's sort of a process of, of learning how to do communication without the physical body anymore. Um, and that's why, you know, we tend to get signs or, or things like that from our loved ones um, versus them showing up in our living room, you know, to visit us or, or whatever that happens a lot. But, um, but I found it interesting that all three of us had the same exact dream really around the same time. Um, so that's the other thing. So within the astral planes, um, there is no time. Yeah. You know, and when you hear about people that have uh, near death experiences or out of body experiences, uh, they'll say, you know, oh, I, I started lifting up out of my body and I could see my body laying there. Um, and then all of a sudden I had a thought and the next thing I know, I'm across the country visiting my sister, you know, uh, that's how instantaneous it is when we are in this astral plane. And that's, it's the same in our dream state right? You know how your dreams can shift from one setting to another. Just, it's just like that. That's how it is to be in spirit form. You can do that. So, um, so anyway, that's, that's something that, um, someone who has this dream master or astral traveler skills that tend to have more of those experiences, I would say, than, than those that don't. Um, another thing I wanted to say is real common, um, are, premonitions Mm. for those that have this skill set um premonitions during the dream state but then also again if they start having those and they start documenting and trusting what they're getting and and getting confirmation they will start to really cultivate the ability to do that in their waking life as well if they know the practices to do so um they tend to be psychic uh, people that have that ability to have premonitions, um, even though it might start in their dreams. Um, and then they, again, they can, they can work on anything really that we can do in our dreams. We could start to try to cultivate in our waking conscious life, you know, throughout the day. 
Um, so how do you know the difference between a premonition and just a dream? Just you know? a dream. I guess a lot you of, have yeah. to wait, right? Yeah, you have to get confirmation. But once you get a confirmation once, you can start to identify certain subtle differences between an actual premonition you had during your dream or a regular dream. So a lot of times we'll dream about someone else, maybe in our dream and, and something happens to them. Mm -hmm. uh, someone's pregnant in our dream. And that's a common one. Mm -hmm. uh, someone we know, it doesn't necessarily mean they're pregnant in real life. You know, it could yep. be that person's going to have new beginnings, or even it doesn't have to do with that person. Uh, that person represents some aspect of your conscious mind or how you see yourself mm -hmm. um, or your subconscious mind. So there's so many ways that when we have other players in our dream, that the dream has nothing to do with them. It's always about us and what our subconscious is trying to bring into our awareness. But um, with the premonitions, I, I will say just having them myself that um, there is a difference. You can, you have a sense while you're in the dream that mm -hmm. this is a premonition. And when you wake up from the dream, you really kind of have a feeling that it wasn't just a regular dream. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I have a good story about one of these uh, that Do I could share. share with you. Yeah. Yes. So this was, um, again, this was maybe like 2011 or 12, somewhere in that range. I'm not sure. But um, I was asleep and I had a dream and I was watching things happen in the dream. So I was standing from a distance and I was watching this house and it was sort of on like a cliff and then the ocean was there and the, the waves were pounding on the, the ground, the side of the cliff. And it was eroding, you know, the, basically where the foundation of the house was sitting, oh. it was eroding under it. And so I knew that this house was going to fall. It was going to go right into the ocean. I could see the house clearly wasn't a house I knew in my everyday life. And then the next part of the dream, I was in the house and there was an older woman that was in there. And I was telling her, you have to get out of the house. It's about to fall. Mm -hmm. And um, so we got out of the house and, and I woke up and I thought it was the very next morning. And I was like, okay, I feel like that was weird. And I feel like that was a premonition. So I said to my husband, I told him about the dream because I, I think it's always good to like have you know someone else you're telling it to so that if it happens you have validation that it was a yes. premonition so I told him and I went to work and back back then I used to have these oracle cards and they were dream message oracle cards is what they were oh. and I remember um prior to leaving for work I just shuffled it and I turned over one and the card said premonition <laughs> <laughs> that morning. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I think that's my confirmation that that was definitely a premonition. Uh, but then in your mind, you think, well, what's the point of me having this premonition? I don't know where this house is. I don't that's know. That's the typical. That's the this, typical. Yeah. What would I do? Right. So I just went to work and I just let it go. And then a little later in the day, I was just kind of scrolling through Facebook and my sister-in-law who lives in Massachusetts, where my husband's from, posted on Facebook, a newspaper article. Um, and there was a picture and it was the house I saw in my dream. And this <sighs> house had actually fallen in because of the waves eroding 
the land under it. Um, and it had just happened. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> like the newspaper article just came out that morning and she shared it and it was on this, uh, it was on Plum Island. Okay. In Massachusetts. And my husband is from there and his whole family is still there. And so I was like, oh my gosh, that's the house I saw in my dream. And it happened. Um, and, but for a long time, I just thought, well, that's really interesting that I saw that ahead of time, but what was the purpose for it? Uh-huh. And then, uh, my, cause I, um, psychic and I connect with my spirit guides, they were saying, this is practice for you. We needed something that wouldn't be emotional for you, but would be, uh, something that is confirmed and it's, it couldn't be a coincidence, right? This is not a coincidence. It's not something I had been thinking about during the day and then had a dream about, you mm -hmm. know, so it, it was very, um, valid to me that that was a, a premonition. And then, um, and so I had told my husband about it, you know, and, uh, then it was about a year later, we went to visit his dad and we were sitting at this restaurant that had a view of the ocean and, um, his dad says, Hey, did you guys hear, ever hear about that house that fell into the water on uh, Plum Island? <laughs> And we're kind of kicking each other under the table. And uh, we said, yeah. And he said, you know, Mike, you were in that house when you were a kid. Oh. That's uh, your mom's cousin so-and-so lived in that house. And it was an elderly lady that owned the house. Uh, like I saw in my dream, but she wasn't in the house when it happened. Thank goodness. Uh, but it, she was the one that owned the house. And it turns out my husband had actually been in that house when he was a kid that I had the premonition about. So it kind of came full circle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that was kind of interesting. So I thought, okay, well, there's a little bit of a more of a connection there. So now I, I could see. Um, but yeah, it was a year later when I finally heard that information. But yeah, so that was a premonition. And it did feel different. You know, like I said, I woke mm -hmm. up kind of having a sense that it was. So I have worked with clients who also um, will have premonitions in their dreams. Um, or they're going to, so their, uh, spirit guide or higher self will tell me they are going to start doing more work on the astral plane and they're going to start having premonitions and, um, they need to trust them. And they're going to be sort of little things here and there that will get confirmed for them. So mm -hmm. that's kind of how our team and spirit will work with us to help us develop these abilities and really help us sort of trust, um, yes. what we're getting, because trust is, is a huge part of developing your own intuitive abilities, even if it's during the sleep state, right? Yeah, so, um, so it does happen a lot to those who have that skill set that we're talking about that are very active on the astral planes. Um, so that's, that, like I said, it's real subtle how to kind of tell the difference between what's a premonition and what's just a dream, but I, I really recommend that everybody writes down their dreams when they have them, uh, keeps track of them and looks up the meaning of things. And, and more importantly, the emotion that they yes. feel during the dream, which I'm sure you've already probably talked about. We have mentioned that in previous episodes, that it's important to first thing when you wake up in the morning, uh, go to your dream journal, or if you don't have time to write, that's where the cell phones come in. 
There's a ton of recording apps that are very good. And the second thing is don't try to analyze at the same time you're speaking. Just put it out there mm -hmm. with no judgment and, and revisit it later. Right. Yeah. And the emotions, because as I was saying, when I'm in other people's dreams, the first thing that I experience is I'm surprised. I feel sort of intrusive because what am I here if this is not, I mean, that, that kind of selfishness from the 3D, we carry it to that plane. Like this is none of my business. I try to stay on my lane. Why am I here? And that brings me to another question um, that many people might have is how the dream or astro masters help other people. Well, it just depends because, I mean, really you have to understand that on a bigger scale, we have a lot of spiritual agreements with other souls that we may not be aware of through the conscious mind. And again, so you might be serving a purpose, um, planting some seeds or sharing some energy in a certain way within a dream for someone else and you're and you're bypassing the conscious mind by doing that so it's not an invasion of their privacy because this cannot happen unless there's a soul agreement for this so for example anybody i've ever seen in my dream that isn't just symbolism but i know i'm in someone else's dream um or like i said when i've been witnessing people that i don't know uh do things in my dream i just I just know and I trust that my um, participation in there is something energetic. I'm sharing some level of consciousness there within their subconscious, but that we have a soul agreement for that. And it doesn't even mean that I, I may ever meet them in real life. It doesn't mean that we have a relationship in the physical world, uh, but we, we really have a consciousness relationship, you know? And so, um, you know, I have had people from the other side of the world schedule a session with me. And I always say, well, how did you find me? And they'll say, oh, I had a dream. And in my dream, I heard the word soul aligning. And then I Googled it and I found your website, you know? And, and so there's all this coordination that goes on uh, in the quantum field and, and yes. you know, different levels of consciousness that we may not understand you know, with our conscious minds, but it's all coordinated. And there's no, um, there's no invasion of, of private. It's not like you're deliberately trying to invade someone's psyche, um, and do something negative. If you're doing it in your sleep state, it's really led by your higher self. You know, it's really not led by your conscious mind, what you're doing. So we, I think we can kind of trust that we're not invading, but I do think we have to be careful, careful, when we're interpreting dreams that involve other people. Absolutely. You know, like if I were to see someone I know in my dream and their spouse dies in my dream, I, I'm not going to call I them I have up. one of those recently. Oh, see, I, I'm not going to call them up and say, oh, I had this dream and your husband died. Oh, because, I did. But here's the thing. Odds because the person, are, the person is from our, our group and, and, and she understands how to handle that. And, yeah. and she was open to just tell it like it is. I'll, yeah. I'll work on it. But my, it, it has to be something where it's not presented. You know, you don't want to go into it assuming that it's a literal 
thing that's going to happen or it's a premonition because it really could be symbolism for something else, you know, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I always say this, and you probably remember these from my emails. I don't offer interpretation. I'm just passing the message. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my and disclaimer. I think people that are um, open and, and understand this sort of thing, I think they can appreciate that and, and, you know, look into it for themselves and kind of figure out what it means to them you know, and then other people might get upset about it, depending if it's a bad mess, you know, what they can perceive as a bad negative thing or whatever. So it just depends, I guess, on who you're talking to or working with. But um, I would, I wanted to add to that um, a lot of times, so we all have spirit guides. We all have a team in the non-physical that are assisting us. And a lot of times people will say they have a hard time, um, knowing who their spirit guides are connecting with them or whatever. But again, uh, the dream state, a lot of times is when your spirit guide will present themselves to you and, or during meditation, but you you really have to shut off the conscious mind typically. Um, so I have met several of my guides through my dream state, you know, as I was asleep. Um, and I know a lot of other people that have this dream skill set will also have that happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, and then that's sort of the, the initial communication. And then, um, they can develop the ability to really connect with them during their waking state, you know, as well, uh, through meditation or, or whatever other means that they like to use. But yeah, I, I think that aside from giving a message as in a verbal form, they can also show you what you're capable of and Mm -hmm. your abilities. I had a a dream, just to use the term loosely, in which I was taken outside of my bedroom and thrown back into the building. And I thought I'm going to die because I'm going to crash against, but no, I walked through walls. Mm -hmm. I floated into the, the room and walked through walls. And from there, jumped to meet two older guides that wanted to tell me a story. Hmm. So again, it's, it's not about the, the verbalizing a sentence or an idea is, is these are the capabilities and in the astral plane or in, in those other layers of energy, there's no physicality. There's no time. So there's no reason to have this fear mm-hmm. that your physicality is going to end or prevent you from doing things because you can walk through walls if you want. And you know, um, what you're talking about really sounds to me like an out-of-body experience because that, that's really common, uh, when people have those. And, And so it's like, you know, in a dream, um, typically if you feel like you're floating around or you're, you're walking through walls, but it may not be your actual house that you're in or whatever, everything seems different. That's one thing, but if, if you feel like you're perceiving your environment in this way, but it's your environment, and then maybe now you're rising above your house and you can look at it from there, that point of view and, and all that, that's more of an out-of-body experience that um, happens to a lot of people as well. And, and those are really cool. And, and that's something that people can really sort of practice and learn how to do. And, and you can even learn how to initiate those. Uh, for yourself. So uh, most people, it will happen spontaneously first to them at some point when they go to sleep. Um, 
when they lay down and they start to drift from that alpha brainwave state into the theta, that's typically when it will happen. Some people will hear some sort of what they say sounds like thunder, like a boom. Um, and the next thing I know, they're kind of out of their body. Um, and again, it's, it's another way to travel astrally, uh, but it's really not the same as being asleep and dreaming. So your body's asleep, okay, but your astral body is traveling and all sorts of cool things can happen when you're doing that. It's very much like astral projection where you're sending your consciousness somewhere else, but you could do that in your waking state and you yes. can do like remote viewing and things like that. And uh, the outer body experience though, you really feel like you're in a body. It's just not a physical body. And you really feel the movement through uh, the experiences that you're having. And, um, but that's another thing that your experience will depend on your dominant state of mind. So if you do have a lot of fear, you're going to, in, in the out-of-body experience, come into contact with maybe beings or situations or uh, anything really that your mind can create that's going to reflect that uh, fear or anxiety to you. But if you are someone who has the ability to do that and you can set your intention that I want to meet with my spirit guide using this technique of out-of-body experience, or I want to travel to the star Sirius or to the Pleiades or whatever, um, you could do that and have a really crazy, miraculous type of uh, event happen for you. You know, So there's just so many things you can play around with. I just think it's so, I love going to sleep at night because it's, it's never so cool. boring. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's so cool. I, there are nights that I say, I would like to go to a fun place. And I find myself like flying myself here. I was like, well, this was not exactly how I meant it. Not with the trouble of operating the aircraft or whatever is it. Oh, I, I wanted to be taken there. Just no. be there. Yeah, yeah not, not like, oh yeah, this is a cool ship or whatever, but I didn't want to do the work. Yeah. Oh, but, but you know what? That's possible to just be there, you know, just but, be wherever. But I have to say that in reviewing uh, uh, your readings for me in the past, I found something uh, yesterday that you did prior to my soul aligning. That was the manifestation formula. And, uh, and it's seven aspects, if I remember correctly. And my soul is the how. It's more about the how and the process than the outcome. Mm -hmm. So I guess that explains. That yeah, I definitely, I just remember getting the sense that you are a soul that's here wanting to try so many different methods and processes of doing things and, and really enjoying that part of the journey. Uh, yeah. And not just getting to an end result. It, it's the the journey that's really interesting and trying different things and and all that yeah oh yeah and i try it a lot oh, <laughs> this has been an awesome conversation uh we touched on the lucid dreaming the dream masters now the astro masters and i do have one more to kind of uh, bring it for circle to mm -hmm. your your specialty and what you do for the people that come your way is the astro master. How are they when not aligned versus aligned? Oh, that's a good question. So yeah, you know, I, I really 
really what I do is I teach alchemy. I teach people how to get back to their um, authentic soul nature versus, um, you know, having our ego kind of run the show and, and have us be really what we're not. And, and so getting back to that um, nature of who we are as soul is that's being in alignment, you know? So when we get out of alignment, we're really not tapping into our abilities as we can. And so that's one thing. Uh, if someone has the skill set and they're um, not in alignment in different, it doesn't even, it doesn't have to really have to do with that. It could be in any life area if they if their energy is very fragmented and distorted and not in alignment and centered. Um, they either may not remember their dreams or they're going to have maybe dreams that are. Um, you know, more like nightmares, you know, that kind of a thing, because when you're centered in your aligned, you're, you're usually in a fairly stable state of mind throughout your day. You know, you maybe are more focused on appreciation and abundance and well-being and all that. When you're out of alignment, that's when we tend to feel stuck. Um, we feel lack, we feel this ease and all those things, which then translates into the dream state. So, um, even if they're still having the vivid dreams, um, they're probably going to be a little more upsetting because your subconscious is bringing up to you the things that you need to take a look at, right? So if you ha have a lot of like more, what we would consider negative things going on in your life, you can see how that's going to translate into more kind of negative seeming dreams, you know? And then if you can start, it'll, it'll just be alerting you to this state of misalignment that you're in basically. Uh, but once you really can start to get back into alignment and really raise your vibration, your sleep state could be a really um, important and fun and interesting and valuable uh, state for you to be in. So, um, I mean, I, like I said, I, I love sleeping and being able to work in the astral planes and all that. So, I don't, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And for those in listening to us, reach out to Jamie, solaligning.com. I believe uh, your spirit, spiritual alchemy class is open at mm -hmm. the moment. Yeah. So start with your soul aligning reading and jump into that because this is truly life changing. Jamie, thank, thank you, you so much for thank sharing you. this time with us. My pleasure. And I'll see you around and until then, sweet dreams. Bye.